episode 19. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Or afternoon. Or, afternoon. or evening. Yeah, whatever. It could be in the middle of the night. That's could, fine. Could be 2 a.m. Whatever makes you happy yeah. when you're listening. Yeah. We're a little bit grieved this morning because uh, we are missing the third counterpart of we our are. dynamic trio. But we that are. is okay, Carter. We are missing you and hope you are enjoying your time with your family. Yeah, he has some family in town and yes. felt that this was a, you know, he didn't have a ton of time with him because of work and different activities. So he felt it would be best for him to spend some time there. And we said no, but he did it anyway. <laughs> no, no, we totally understand. So it's just, uh, just two of us this week. So we are uh, excited to get into Romans 4. Before we do, a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, first off, if you hear barking or growling in the background, I am dog sitting for two dogs that are um, a little vocal, a <laughs> um, little, little, just want to be heard. Little man. upset that they are in the kennel while we're doing this because they can't be trusted to be out on their own. So they're barking, which then gets my dog a little frustrated. So he barks. I will edit out as much as I can, but if you hear it while I'm talking or while Austin's talking. Like right there. We are sorry. Uh, I, I may or may not have given them some sleepy time medicine. I don't think that's something you we'll, tell people. It's fine. <laughs> we'll see if it works. Oh, man. If they calm down. It, it's fine. It's natural. I've, I've done extensive research because I used to give, give it to this one here on road trips from South Carolina to Kentucky. And uh, didn't put him to sleep, but it was like calm. Chill. He was chill. Mellow. He was stoned. It was... <laughs> so so that that's what the barking is in the background hopefully it stops within the next uh few minutes and, and we'll, we'll see what happens uh also want to give a little bit of an update on an issue we kind of brought up very briefly last week um uh, we've been encouraging you guys to pray for our brothers and sisters in canada they have been uh experiencing a lot of persecution these last few months with the covid restrictions and the fact that they're not allowed to meet and when they are meeting they're getting arrested and they are barricading churches to keep them from meeting in their buildings they're forcing them underground uh, most recently they used a helicopter the government used a helicopter to locate a secret meeting of the church and then arrested the pastor and drug him out in handcuffs in front of his wife and kids wow and uh the good news is he has been released his name is tim stevens he was released earlier this week because Alberta or is, is in stage three of reopening. So that is a great thing, but he still has a court hearing. And, and we just need to continue to pray because they, there does seem to be an attack on the churches in, in Canada specifically. I do know that other businesses and establishments are able to be open and operating without all the restrictions that, that the churches have. So... Let's be praying for them because it is it is something that we, as Americans, are probably a little surprised by because we haven't seen this in our Western culture. It, it, it's it's pretty serious, yeah. and and I think uh, if given the opportunity, a certain group of political leaders in this country would attempt to do the same thing. Oh, they, yeah, they've been well, and they kind of did attempt it with yeah. with MacArthur. Um, Definitely, this past year they were trying hard. Yeah, but just America, the way it has been set up by our founding fathers, we have God has bl- blessed us with that. So, yeah. but 
we know the end is coming. So there are things that are going to be changing. And yeah, we need to be ready for that. Also, too, um, we are recording this on 4th of July weekend. So we want to just take a second and recognize those who have served our country to allow us to do what we're doing right now. Yeah, Yeah, we are here for a reason. God has blessed this nation so immensely, the greatest greatest nation on God's green earth. And yeah, we are very thankful for those who have who have gave the ultimate price. They they have died so that we can be sitting here recording this and heck, just going through scripture. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, Canada is going through what they're going through. We've got third world countries going through way worse. So yeah. we are we are very privileged, and we we know that. And we do have a couple Canadian listeners, apparently, based on the numbers that I'm seeing. So if you are from Canada, live in Canada, we are praying for you. We are yes. with you. Let us know how we can support you, um, because we, we want to stand united with you guys um, to fight this nonsense that you guys are dealing with. So, um, so again, 4th of July, thank you so much to those who served. We have, I know we both know people who are currently serving who have served people in our families. So thank you guys. It, it, your sacrifice is not unnoticed and, and we yeah. are extremely grateful for, for what you did for, for our freedom and, and, uh, paved the way to, uh, sit here and, and discuss these things and even to have open debate about politics and, and religion and, and, uh, the government. And I can make my little snide remarks about, <laughs> about the government and our politic politicians here in this country. So without no, fear of getting, y- arrested or exactly shot. so yeah. yeah this <laughs> so, is still america still as america. Of right now so th- thank you guys again everyone who served first responders military we are very grateful for your sacrifice and everything you've done but before we get into romans 4 i just this is a little weird i, I want to stop and pray for our brothers and sisters in canada for what they're going through so if you're able just Pause for a second and pray with us and, and pray to yourselves as we go through this. Uh, if you are driving, please don't close your eyes. Please don't close your um, eyes. <laughs> God will be okay with you just listening and, and praying in your heart with your eyes open, watching the guy in front of you. Also, don't tailgate. And don't speed. Don't Well, don't speed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. All right. Let, let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much for... The freedom we have in you, thank you so much for the freedom we have in this country and, and the religious freedoms we have enjoyed uh, since the foundation of this this great nation. God, I pray that you will be with our brothers and sisters in Canada who are experiencing a persecution that, that we that we just don't, we, we can't wrap our minds around because it's not something that we have dealt with in this country before or even in the West. And I pray that you would give them strength to continue to meet underground, give them strength and and courage to continue to stand up for what is right, stand up for your truth, stand up for their right to worship you in, in, in a group of of fellow believers and like-minded believers. God, I pray for the families of those pastors who have been uh, imprisoned and and fined and uh, just taken, taken to task by the, by the legal system there, God, that financially, spiritually, emotionally, legally, that that you will work your will in each of those situations, God, that legal fees will be paid for, that, that justice will be done, uh, that there, a sense of sanity will be brought back to the people that are running that country, God. And again, just those who are dealing with that, God, give them 
strength and courage to continue to do what is right. Help us as Americans to to look at that and, and A, pray, pray for them, uh, stand in solidarity with them, but also help us be ready for if this, if and when this, this comes to our nation, God, that we will be willing to meet underground, that we will be willing to stand up for the truth, that we will be willing to fight for our rights to, to worship you and, and to do so in a free society, God. Just help us as we continue to go through Romans 4 that we will um, not take our faith for granted, that we will not take your work for granted. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, guys, let's dive into Romans 4. Here we go. First one. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that the right so that righteousness would be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised who were not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring, that he would be heir of the world, did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And if it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, but only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist, in hope He believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Romans 4. 
focus, uh, big focus here on Abraham, giving us another example of this idea of justification by faith. The first three chapters, and, and then of course leading into chapter four, say a lot of the same things and and hit home a lot of the same principles and and kind of pound those into our heads. And and I, I love it that Paul does that because. I don't know if you know this or not, we're not the smartest people in the world, or, or, or not the smartest creatures in the world. <laughs> if we were, this whole sin thing wouldn't really be much of an issue, right? And and doing things that we know are against God and know aren't going to lead to good, or, or lead to blessings, and, and they're only going to lead to hardships, probably wouldn't be much of an issue, probably wouldn't do that <laughs> Yeah, if we were smart. Or yeah. we would learn from our mistakes a little quicker, right? On one hand, we're smart enough to say, if I touch this stove and it burns me and leaves a scar, I'm probably not going to touch the stove again. Like I, I, that we're smart enough to figure that out. You would, you would think. You would think. But when I, you know, when you have like an uh, uh, an addiction to pornography, well, when I look at porn and after I'm, you know, after I, I'm finished, I I feel terrible and and I'm miserable and, you know, I know I've I've done things that are, or, you know, I've done this and it's against God. And there's a consequence, whether it's in your relationships or, or whatever. Yet we still go back to it. We the know these. Habitual, yeah. We have these consequences, and we and we we feel it, but then we still go back to it because again, we're not that smart. We're not that bright. So Paul is just hammering these points home to get it through our heads that we are not justified by the law. We are justified by faith, and he uses Abraham as an example. And so let's look for just a couple of minutes at Abraham and talk about his faith and talk about his his story. Looking at Abraham, again, from the Jewish lens, how they saw Abraham. He was the father of them all. He was the pied the resistance. Um, looking at the first couple of verses, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So, real quick, I'll give a little context. We're going to go to John chapter 8, verse 31 through 41. So, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. In the Jewish religion, they place Abraham at a very, very high stature, almost too too high. And going through, 
again, just giving a little bit of context, the Jews believed that Abraham was basically perfect, that he, that God chose Abraham because he was righteous, that he had no faults, that he was basically perfect. And a, a lot of the, the Jewish writings imply that, that Abraham didn't do anything, didn't sin, didn't go through any of those things. And so, they looked at Abraham as almost this perfect being, and that is why God chose him, which is the contrary. It's God chose Abraham despite of that. And, it, and, and it's that thing of Abraham wasn't special. God just chose him because he chose him, and it, it, it was a God thing. It had nothing to do with Abraham. Well, you obviously see that he wasn't perfect when you have the whole, where he, he had a moment of weakness and wasn't trusting God to bear, give him a son, and so he slept with one of his, was it concubines, right? Yeah. And had, a, had Ishmael, yep. who has caused some problems in our, in our world, in our, in our society, uh, that we still see the ramifications of today. And that's almost an entirely different Several episodes on uh, itself, right? Yeah. And if you if you don't know what we're referring to, Ishmael is the kind of the father of the Islamic religion. The, it, it, well, that that is the reason for the conflict we see in the Middle East mm-hmm. now, and has been for generations. Caveat that by saying not all people who practice Islam feel that way about the Jews and about Israel, but just the the overall tone of the religion itself, if you get down to its core tenets and principles, is very anti God's people. Going back, looking, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Right there, not before God. That's, that's Paul's caveat saying, yeah, if, if Abraham did all this on his own, he would have something to boast about. But he didn't, because before God, God I mean, God chose him to, just because he chose him. There was no special reason why it was Abraham, but God wanted Abraham. So there it is. So we'll go back. We're going to go back to Genesis again, give a little bit more context on Abraham and everything that incurred for this to happen. So Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 through 18. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes and look from the place where you are. Northward, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. And again, Genesis chapter 15, verses 4 through 6. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. This is talking about Ishmael. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. That is the promise that God gave to Abraham, which is interesting. So God promised him three things. God promised him land. He promised him an abundance 
of descendants and a blessing, which towards the, the end of Abraham's life, Abraham died and he never saw any, all three of those. He didn't see any of them, but his descendants did. And God, it, it goes back to that God is faithful with his promises. When he promises something, it will happen. And it's not on our timing. It's not the when we want it and how we want it. It's God. It's him in control. Because I guarantee you, Abraham was like, hey, why am I not seeing, you know, I'm sure he had moments where he's like, hey, why am I not seeing these things? Why am I not, you know, and, and you're right. He promises the land of Israel and, and, and the promised land. He promises that through his son Isaac, his descendants would be innumerable. Right. We would not be able to count his descendants, of which, if you're a believer, we are one. Because of that third promise of a blessing, which is the salvation of, of mankind through Christ. Yeah. And because of Abraham and because of that promise and because of his belief and his faithfulness to God's promises, we are descendants of Abraham. Yeah. Well, Maybe not necessarily by blood, but through the salvation of Christ. But actually, yes, by yeah, blood. Through by blood, Christ's blood. Literally, yeah. Literally through Christ's blood. Christ was through Abraham. And then as Christ died, we are entered into it through Christ's blood. Yeah. Exactly. So I I misspoke there. (laughs) Maybe not through ancestral blood. There you go. But through the actual blood of Christ, we are descendants of Abraham now. Yes. And and it is. It is God fulfilling those three promises that he that he gave to Abraham and that we see back in Genesis. And and the story of Abraham is fascinating to me. Oh my goodness, yeah. And I want to focus a little bit on just the one that or the part of the story that that Paul references here, where God promised Abraham a child at the age of 100 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, my my grandpa and grandma are in their late 70s. I could not imagine just even the possibility of them having another child. Have mercy. <laughs> in their late 70s. And you know them, you know that would not work. No. Right? Like it just doesn't seem hey, feasible. God works in mysterious. But God ways, works man. exactly. <laughs> and so you have an, a a man who is older than that. He, he's a century old. And his wife, who has been barren their, her entire life, can, cannot have kids physically. God said, you're going to have a child with Sarah. It's going to happen. And aside from his little moment of, of, uh, of weakness where, <laughs> where you know, we, we got Ishmael, he believed him. And he, yeah. he trusted him. Well, and even through that, before Ishmael, God promised him this in chapter 13. And then it, it's between chapter 13 and 14 that we get into Hagar, uh, their their servant, and then pregnant with Ishmael. But even through Hagar and Ishmael, God blesses Ishmael. And talking about Abraham and his descendants being innumerable, look at both sides. Oh, yeah. Through Ishmael and then through Isaac. Through Isaac, you have the Israel line. But then through Ishmael, you have... That more of that Palestinian line, and yeah, I mean God, God blessed Abraham with innumerable, un, unnumberable, <laughs> however you say it. There are so many people to infinity and beyond. Exactly, yeah, and it's on, <laughs> and it's on both sides. Even through that sin, God blessed that despite of the sin, right? And but yeah, there again, that's a whole different topic all in its own, but. The conflict that comes through that, yeah. So then let's fast forward a few years where Abraham has Isaac. 
this miracle child. And God says, take him up to the mountain, put him on the altar, and, and sacrifice him. What? I, <laughs> I am not a parent. <laughs> um, I, I played one on TV once. No, I'm kidding. But no, uh, <laughs> I'm not a parent. I have had parental experience as a foster parent. And, and I, I know how I felt about those kids that were living with me and how protective I was of them even though they weren't biologically mine and they were with me for, you know, as little as two weeks up to three years, I know how I felt about them. I can only imagine how much, how much more intensely I would feel about my own biological son or, or daughter. Yeah. And then factor in, I'm a hundred years old. I've been waiting for this for a hundred years. Factor in, God has promised me these things. And then he says, kill him. Yeah. My, it's mind-blowing. It is. It's like, well, what? I can't even imagine that. But it just goes back to show his faith in God and that he he had complete, 100% faith that God would supply and he would intervene. And even if he didn't intervene, even if he did kill his son, God would bring him back to life. Yeah. He had faith that that would happen. I, I don't know if I would do that. I, <laughs> I mean, being a hundred percent honest, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it, with your kids, I mean, could, yeah, there's no, I don't, I, I don't, don't know. know. That's one of the, the I don't even that, know if I could do it with a kid that isn't mine, <laughs> like a kid that, right? I mean, even a, even a kid that I, I, <laughs> you know, maybe a kid from church that I know that I care about. <laughs> could I, could I put do it with? I don't know. I just don't. It, could, it's amazing. Could you kill Carter. I, well, oh, 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 oh no, I'm totally kidding. I could push him downstairs. I couldn't kill him. Oh, yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's different. No, that's a question I've asked myself. Uh, definitely starting having kids. And I have basically come to that conclusion of, all right, Lord, I'm going to cross that bridge if ever I come to it. I'm not going to worry about it right now. Please don't leave Please me to that bridge. Please don't make me cross that bridge. Yeah. yeah. It, it just real quick, just as a little bit of a side note, can you put yourself in Isaac's shoes for just a second? Oh, my God. Hey, hey, where are we going, Dad? Oh, we're going up to the mountain to, to sacrifice to God, to make a sacrifice to God. It, well, he says, I mean, he, uh, where's, where's our sacrifice? Where's, where's the lamb? Where, where's the... Uh, Dad? Yep. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. Okay, okay, Dad. It, it just I, I can just imagine as you, you get, they get closer to the summit of that mountain, I was getting a little more nervous, get a little more like, yo... Yo, pops. Hey, <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, what up? <laughs> but then, even looking at, he lays down on the altar. Yeah, and he's 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 ready to do it. Yeah, and he and he knows what's coming. But through his dad's faith, I I think there was that that basically that hedge of protection over his mind. Yeah, and over his heart, and just yeah, it's it's mind boggling. <laughs> I remember seeing. Uh, I think I saw it may have been like a Far Side. Uh, card greeting card or something, or maybe not far side, but one of those types of cards were just humorous. And <laughs> it's this picture of Isaac and Abraham at the uh, kind of at the bottom of the mountain, walking away from the mountain. And the little thought or little speech bubble above Isaac is him looking at his dad with his arms up, going, What was that? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Thought that was funny. Obviously, that's taken some liberties there, and Isaac was willing to do what his dad asked him to do, and ultimately what God asked him to do. But I thought that was humorous. The well, what the heck was that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> but Paul wants us to understand that it wasn't necessarily his actions, and specifically 
again, Paul is, is because the Jewish people were focused on this, Paul's focused on the circumcision and uncircumcision as an outward expression of faith in, in God and justification in front of God. Paul wants to, again, hear me at home, that that's not it. That's not what's doing this. It is his faith and his belief that led that led him to be willing to sacrifice his son, that led him to believe that at the age of 100 he would have a child, that his barren wife would have a child. Yeah. And that these three promises that he that God gave will come true, whether he sees them or not, he believes them. It was that faith that justified him, not his physical works right. and not his surgery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to be graphic. Right, yeah. So yeah, verse three, Paul says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Right here, very important. A lot of people look at this as Abraham believed in God. And uh, yes, that is very important to believe in God. But again, like we've alluded to before, even the demons believe. But it is, it says Abraham believed God. He trusted God. And uh, we'll jump ahead real quick to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So again, this is referring to us as Christians being grafted in to that family. It is that we believe in God, Scripture. Every word that has passed through God's lips and breathed out, we have to believe it. Okay? It's that faith and belief, not just believing in God, but we need to believe that what he has said is true and that it will come true. And that goes back to Abraham. That is counted as righteousness. That is how we become righteous. And sometimes it's hard to look at it that way because, again, trying to look at it as as a humble way, it's like, no, no, I'm not righteous. No, you are. God calls us to be righteous. And in his eyes, you are righteous. Yeah, because of your faith in him. If you guys believe God, if you believe in God, you are righteous. And again, it is counted, counted as righteousness. So, and so this leads to verse four. Well, let's let me pause real quick if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, you read Galatians three. Uh, what was the verse? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Uh, I actually had wanted to pull up and, and kind of talk about Galatians two fifteen through twenty one. Oh yeah. Because again, it's this idea of, of sola fide, faith alone. You're justified by faith alone, and. You see it all through Scripture, even in the Old Testament, and I, w- I want to get to the, a couple of those verses here in a few minutes, because Paul even quotes one uh, as we get down to down to verse 7 and 8. Paul's quoting from Psalm. Let's look at w- another one of Paul's writings, Galatians 2, 15 through 21. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. So he's making the distinction that we are a different ethnicity. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So that is, again, Paul just dismantling this idea that that the law is what justifies us. He is dismantling this idea that we have to do something to be saved. Like, we can earn it. We can, we can do it on our own. He is saying, if that were the case, if we could justify ourselves through this law, the law of Abraham, or the law of Moses, because of the promises of Abraham, then Christ's death would be, would, would be useless. It yeah. wouldn't be necessary. Because if we could fulfill the law on our own, we wouldn't have to have Christ. And again, he's just showing us that it is impossible to fulfill the law on our own. It is impossible to, to perfectly fulfill God's law. Yes. We cannot live up to his standard of perfection and holiness. We can't do it. And if we could, then this entire endeavor that Austin and Carter and I are taking would be meaningless. Pointless, yeah. Because why would we teach Christ? Because we could perfectly fulfill the law, therefore we don't need Christ. Right. So, again, we, we I kind of ended last week like this, but I want to put right here in the middle of this one, be comforted by the fact that you cannot fulfill the law, you cannot live up to God's standards, but God, but Christ, because of that death, burial, and resurrection, because he could do it and did do it, we are now part of that righteousness. We we, yeah. we have the righteousness counted to us. Um, so, hope. We have hope. hope. And, and again, given this more context, this is a mind-blowing new argument, one that the Jews have never heard before. And I mean, are very resistant to. Oh yeah, I and mean, they know who Jesus is. They've they've heard much of his teachings, but then you have Paul come in over here saying, "Oh, by the way, all these people, all these Gentiles, are actually descendants of Abraham." <laughs> you can just imagine their minds exploding. Excuse me, yeah. no, those uncircumcised heathen, uncultured swine. They have nothing <laughs> to do with our forefather Abraham, and. Again, just going through this new argument that is completely valid, and it makes so much sense. But again, something they've never heard before. Right. You got to retrain the brain, retrain your mind, and in Romans twelve one, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, be able to counter your predispositions and your 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 biases and your cultural whatever. Like keep your mind rethink open it. to scripture. Yeah. Yes. So, verse 4, Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. I thought this was super interesting. So, looking at Abraham, it was counted to him as righteousness, or in other translations, it was accredited to him, or it was imputed to him as righteousness. As righteousness is, is this credit that God gives gives us. It is given and it is accounted to our, basically our heavenly account. But then looking at sin, okay, the wages of sin is death. The wages of works are counted as our due. (laughs) Then what would that say about the wages due us for sin, right? The wages of sin is death. So, we know sin pays wages. We are paid and our debt will, or what we incur will be death. So we are paid by sin, but God gives us credit by righteousness. Well, put it in a little bit of a modern day spin. We go to work 40, 50 hours a week. We earn a paycheck. 
by doing our jobs. It's not a gift. It's not a gift. We, we yeah, no one's giving. We're not getting presented a present for saying, "Oh, good job." No, we earned that money based on doing our jobs. That's not what this is. Paul wants to make sure there's a distinction there. We di- we did not earn this gift. It is a gift. God gifted Abraham righteousness, which was completely contrary to what he was due. Yeah. Right? He wasn't he didn't earn that. He was gifted it. He was yeah, he was gifted it. He was given it. All he did was hear hear God's promise and believe. That's all he did. He didn't actively do anything to deserve that righteousness. He didn't work in expectation of being paid, right? Yep. So And again, it it he wasn't special. He was not a perfect man by no means. No, 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 no. And that is so much hope for us because it goes to okay, what do we need to do? Well, believe. Yeah. Just believe in God. Believe his truths and it will be counted to you as righteousness. Yeah. And I like this sentence here. It says this means Abraham's believing, though it was an act on his part, though it was an act on his part, was not a work in the sense of obedience in demand of a reward. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, yes, it is an act of believing. So, you know, you got a kind of a little bit of wordplay there. But he wasn't doing it in expectation of a reward. Right. He believed. Yeah, yeah. And moving on to verse 5. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. That is talking about us. It is counted to us as righteousness if we believe. So real quick, I want to look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 through 9. Hey, I had that too. Oh, really? Yeah. You want to read it? No, go for it. Okay. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ." Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in the in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. <laughs> really quick. Verse 8, where it says, I've suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish. The direct Greek translation for that is dung. A pile of poop. Poop. Yeah. (laughs) He says, I am a Jew of Jews. I am a Pharisee. Paul is learned. Okay. Like legit. He from a child, he went through school all the way up to the age of 30, as was tradition. Uh, all kinds of schooling. You talk about law, talk about all these things. And his knowledge of scripture was impeccable. As you can see throughout all of his letters, him quoting scripture. Constantly quoting the Old Testament. Constantly. He knows scripture. And he's referencing his, his past. I was a Jew of Jews. I followed the law. If any of you guys have anything to boast about, I have more. Because... I was a Pharisee. 
I followed the law to the letter, to the point where I persecuted the early church. But I count all of that as a pile of poop. Poop. No. 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 We're not, we're not children here. <laughs> I saw that opportunity a second ago, and then you kept going with serious. I'm like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Can't do it. But I found I found it. I, found, I wanted to get that joke in. I'm sorry. Wow, no, but Brad. Wow. I know. I'm a child. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, that's where the English translation kind of misses the mark a little bit. Or, or not misses the mark, but doesn't pack the punch that the Greek language would have. And yeah. the original language would have. Um, it, it's R- rubbish. It's rubbish. We're not. We're not. We're not English around here. That's rubbish. Let's get out of here. With yeah. How, da- how dare you use that how accent dare. on July 3rd? How dare you? Exactly. One day before. This is America. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. We're sorry to anyone in England that's listening. I don't know if you are listening, but if you are, we're, we apologize. I've seen some downloads from there, so. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Yeah. And th- just, that was a long time just, ago. Yeah, just quit trying to tax our tea and we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. We have bourbon around here. <laughs> this is a quote from Paul Washer. He is a, a missionary and he, he Bible teacher. <laughs> uh, he says, even if 99.999% of our salvation was free grace of God and a 0.0001% based on our most holy moment in life, we would still deserve to burn in hell because even that 0.0001% of works, it is impossible. We cannot do it. And we we need to keep that we need to keep that in mind because it is the free gift of God. His grace is the only reason we are able to enter heaven. So in verse five that we just read, you know, I think it's actually a really key verse in this passage uh, because of that phrase justifies the ungodly. Is not the point of religion to provide a way for people to get right with God, whether by act of worship or by deeds of kindness or by spiritual experience? It, it is. Like, that's the whole point of religious searching, right? That's all point of all these different religions is to get right with God and get right with oneself. Does not God reward religious commitment with his acceptance and blessings? The gospel message is that the grace of justification precedes human acts of obedience and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Abraham did not perform meritorious acts to earn God's favor. It was his believing that God counted his righteousness. God justifies the ungodly. God does it. We don't do it. Yes. We cannot do it. That is the, I mean, that might even be one of the key verses of this entire book. Just that little phrase, God justifies the ungodly. Mm -hmm. It takes, like you said, it takes the pressure completely off of us. It takes the 0.001% completely away. Yeah. And it is 100%, 100% God. God. Yeah. Sola fide. Solas Christas. Christ alone, faith alone. Period. So, and, and again, to, to bring that back a little bit, because, again, it is very important to keep that in mind, that we cannot do it alone. And it is not by works, it is by faith. But with that, there are works, right? Of course. And so, look, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Again, what does it say? For Abraham, for if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about. So, back to Ephesians. 
not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, again, it is not by works that we are saved, but through Christ Jesus, he has given us works to accomplish. So works are, yes, still important, very important. God, it, sa- it says through Christ Jesus, he gives us those. But it is not through works that we are saved. It is the gift of God that we are saved. Well, it, works are a natural outcome of this, of this faith. It, it should, it's because the Holy Spirit is now within us and is, is leading us to do those good works. It is acts of obedience to what to live the way that, that Christ demands we live. It is an act of their acts of gratitude. It's being grateful and thankful for the one who an illustration I used years ago was if you were walking about to cross the street and there was a, a bus barreling down at you and you didn't know it, you didn't see it. And someone came behind you, pushed you out of the way, and took the bus hit instead. Uh, I mean, you see that in movies. You know, you see the hero- act of her- heroism and all yeah. that. And, and that, let's say that person were to survive. Would you not want to spend the rest of your life honoring that person? Or if they died, honoring their memory? Oh, yeah. And, and I would hope in those moments, in that moment, you would realize, oh, man, there's a bigger purpose. Like, I'm going to live with a purpose because I was saved by... This person. And so, an act of gratitude for getting hit by the bus instead of me, I'm going to try to honor that person's memory, honor that person, what that person did for me by living a noble life. Obviously, this is on a human term, right. not, not on a spiritual I level. I speak in a human way. <laughs> right. How much more should we then live for Christ when he not only saved our physical lives, he saved our souls from eternal damnation yeah. and eternal tormenta- uh, uh, and tormentation? That's not a word. Tormenting? <laughs> <laughs> Tormentation we just created. I think we did. I we th- did. We let's need to add it. that. Hey, Oxford Dictionary. Let's let's throw that in there. But <laughs> how much more should we obey? How much more should we do these good works? Because not only did he, again, he didn't just save us physically. He saved us from an eternity yeah. in hell. Well, it's interesting. You you got two way two people, two reactions of that. You have the, you get pushed out of the way, you turn around and you see... This guy just got hit by a bus instead of you, and logically, you would take that 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 cat that that road like, oh my goodness, thank you, thank you, thank you. The other side of that, you get pushed, and you're the guy that rolls around and starts cussing. Why did you do that? You pushed me out of the way, and then you see he got hit. He's like, well, serves you right. You pushed me, <laughs> and then you get up and you keep going with your life. Yeah, and it, sadly, yeah, that's that's it. People do that. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's thumbing their nose at God. Yeah. And just saying, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I don't, I don't need you. Or, or you don't exist. And it, it leads me to my, my next point of, again, looking at Abraham. Abraham was not special, and neither are we. We, we were not made to be special. I mean, yes, at, at, from the beginning, we were made to be perfect but because of sin. But... We as people want to take that limelight. We want to be special, and therefore we we do things to be special. We we buy expensive toys. We we do things for our own gratification. 
but it is not about us. It's about God. Quit trying to be special and give God the glory that is truly due to him. So, picking up verse 6, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Again, this is this is going back. This is talking about the righteousness. Righteousness through faith. If you believe God, if you believe his word, you believe his commandments, you believe in God, it will be counted to you as righteousness and you will be righteous. So blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. We have been forgiven. It goes back to David was a prophet. He was. Yeah. I mean, look back in Psalms. He he mentions things that there's no way, there's no way he'd mention those unless God presented it to him. So lawless deeds are forgiven. We are forgiven. Yeah, and he's quoting there Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, first two verses there. And, and you know, between Abraham and David was Moses. And Moses is where the law, it was through Moses the law was given. But David still is alluding back to Abraham mm-hmm. because of that faith. Yeah. And because of that belief, and not so much on perfect adherence to the law. Yeah. And and again, <laughs> Paul talking to the Jews, who are their their main guys, right? Abraham, Moses, David. He's He is referencing Mo- Abraham, and he is quoting King David. It's almost like this just dirt in the eyes, kicking yeah. dust in the, the, the Jews' eyes or the Pharisees. Kind of Kind of comical. So, in Austin, if you're okay with it, let me know if you're not okay with this, but verses 9 through 12, he goes back into the circumcision conversation. And again... Why would I not be okay with it? Well, I Let's was... do it. Let's... No, hang on. No, hang on. Okay. Hear, hear me out. No. Um, <laughs> we, we've, we've discussed the circumcision kind of at length the last couple of weeks, and so mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to necessarily dive back it. B- bike into that? Bike. Roy, uh, Mike. Where do- Crikey, we got down like, and I, I went like Hick in Australian at the same time there. That was What's weird. What's wrong with you, mate? We've got to get off topic here. <laughs> don't, necessarily- <laughs> don't necessarily know if we need to dig back into that debate again, or that idea again, but, again, but we do need to, again, just say the Jews place such a huge emphasis on the physical act of circumcision that they were demanding that the Gentiles get circumcised in order to become believers in Christ, to become yes. become Christians. And Paul's like, yeah, we don't need to do that. Like that's that's not a requirement for salvation. It circumcision is a symbol for the change on the inside. It's an outward symbol of an inward change, like baptism is for us. Outward display of an inward life change. And yeah. so Yeah, verse eleven, he received the sign, the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. It, it was that seal, that show of the righteousness that he already had. And again, that goes back to us. Right. Paul, again, hammering home the point to these stubborn Jewish people and to our, our, us stubborn descendants of Abraham today, it's not about the works. It's not about the act of circumcision. And if there are any kids listening and you don't know what that is, ask your parents. Don't. It's fine. Parents, we're sorry. It's a, it's a, Time to have that conversation. It is a good conversation to have. <laughs> well, and, and uh, for me, um, 
I, I have a little boy. We, we did, we, we circumcised him. Um, n- not in the, the way we do it today. We, I, I actually called as, okay. Give a little bit of context. There is a actual kind of a Jewish doctor. His, he is called a Mohel and he actually performs, performs, let me restart. We're that. both making up new words oh today, goodness. guys. All right. Restart that. <laughs> There's a kind of like a Jewish doctor. He's called a mohel. He performs circumcisions. That that's what he does. That's all he does. And I was able to call and talk to a few of them, and basically just just talk to him and say, "Hey, look, th- this is what I'm dealing with. I, I don't like the way we do it nowadays." Which that is a a thing you guys can do research on because uh, that is that is super in depth how we do it now no, versus no, how we used to do it. it. No, yeah. no, let's no, dive no, in. No. Let's no, dive no, in. No, 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 no. <laughs> Golly, no. So let's get in trouble. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we did it more on the traditional, the, uh, the Old Testament way to do it, and I, I, I see it again. It's not that you have to do it, but as Paul refers to, there, there is, there is a benefit to it. There, it, it is good, but you got to do it the right way. The, just because my son is circumcised, that does not mean his he's saved. But it just is, like if you had sprinkled him at birth uh, in the in the church, or whatever, doesn't mean he's he's saved. Exactly. Yeah. His yeah. His soul is not. His salvation is not secured. Right. And but I am using that as my son grows. That is a a teaching tool, saying this is a sign that you belong to God, even if you don't accept Him, you are still created in the image of God, and that is my responsibility as the father. So very, very important. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know if this is a conversation we have very often anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's not one I have often anymore. I mean, it, it, you know, as 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 men, we didn't ha- really have a say in the matter. It just was kind of done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And and I I just I think I think we just kind of accept it and just kind of ig- ignore what it what it means. A we, lot. We do. And, and, and I know I do. It's not a conversation that I have or a thought that I think very often. It, yeah. It, well, so. and, and again, looking at the effects that the Jews had on the Western culture, and it just became tradition. It did. Even with Christians, it just became what you did. And then it, it permeated into unbelievers. Now it's just common practice. Everybody does it. Right. Everybody does it. And... You're looked at crazily if you don't, <laughs> yeah. and especially here in America. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, I was in there with with my son and the doctor during the circumcision, and telling the doctor exactly how I wanted it to go. And the doctor was like, "I've never had anybody ever come to me like this." And it, it, she was awesome. She's right. like, "Yeah, I mean." I'd love to. And I, and I, and I told her where I got my research and everything 100% on board. And she did it. And she, she's like, that, that was actually really cool. I'm like, thank you. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and again, because it, it was so foreign to her because everyone just does it. it, it it's what you do. Right. So it, yeah, it's that thing of, we don't talk about it and we need to. Why? Because it is a sign. <laughs> what is me- the point of a sign? If you don't, Teach people what it means. Well, how many times in the first four chapters has the word circumcised and uncircumcised been used? Oh, my goodness. 
I mean, <laughs> Carter made the joke the first week. He was like, I see why you gave me this this pass, yeah. th- this section of scripture to read, because it says that word 13,000 times. Mm-hmm. Exaggerating, of course. And but, we will not finish Romans without mentioning it many more times. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a very common theme, so. And so, to kind of finish this out, verse 12, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. That is talking about the people who are circumcised, but who are following by faith. And that is what we need to be doing. So, verse 13. Well, and just yeah. to wrap that up, in Christ Jesus, in with his atoning work on the cross, with us being justified by faith, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision count for anything. They don't. Only faith in Christ and faith working through love. Those are the only that, that is that is what counts. Faith justifying being justified by faith. Circumcision, uncircumcision, at this point, don't count for anything when it comes to salvation, when it comes to being justified in the eyes of God. So Men, if you're not, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's <laughs> what Paul's getting at. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, just, what do we, where do we know. go from just, now? It, I just want to encourage those who aren't. I don't know. Just it, It's fine. Like, you're good. You're still justified by faith. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so verse 13. P- please don't do it yourself, by the way, if you're not. Like, oh. don't, don't just, you're fine. You're fine. You're okay. I mean, if you want to, that is totally. Uh, up to you. All right, we're gonna move professionally. On. We're moving it's on. Fine. We're moving on. Verse thirteen. <laughs> <clears throat> gosh, we're immature. All right, let's go. <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. Okay, gosh, right. I'm immature. It's fine. <laughs> for the pro- <laughs> oh man, okay, dear Lord. All right, <clears throat> for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Again, righteousness. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. Again, going back to the law, why did God give the law? It was the parameters, because they did not have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and that conviction that comes with that, they did not have. So they had to have specific parameters of which they had to follow. And it was given to show their need for Christ, ultimately. Right. And, and, you know, fast forward a few thousand, couple thousand years, that's what the law was there for. And that's what the law does for us, is it shows us our need for a Savior. Because yeah. if we, again, Paul reiterates here, if we could follow the law perfectly, Christ's death means nothing. Null and void. Yeah. The promise is void. Yeah. Verse 16. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. And we see that. We see that today. Yeah, we talked about that a few minutes ago, Mm -hmm. where we, you and I, uh, fellow believers, are part of Abraham's descendants through the blood of Christ. And our faith. And our, our faith. faith in God, our faith in Jesus, in believing, believing in God. Verse 17, In the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In the beginning was 
what? <laughs> well, in God the beginning was the, the word, the well, but in the beginning, too. God created the heavens. And the earth. I mean, I think it was Louis Giglio did did a series on on this, and he talked about the cosmos, and he talked about how great our God is, and and how indescribable he is. He used some of Chris Tomlin's song titles as uh, like a jumping off point for a message. And one of the visuals he gives when talking about creation is, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he talks about how, when God said, let there be light, the sun came out of his mouth and, and he spoke the sun into this raging ball of fire and gas. He just spoke it into existence. He created that orb out of nothing it appeared because god told it to he said it (laughs) just said it out of god's mouth came the heavens and the earth just spoke it it's an amazing picture and and just amazing should cause us to worship right then and there yeah that man just you speaking it created that life-sustaining orb in the sky (laughs) again going back to romans one that natural revelation yeah if that does not incline you to something greater, I don't know what would. Verse 18, in the hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's womb. So that he, in hope, he believed Against hope. That hope, that I, that one side of it of before God came to him, he saw how old he was. He saw the barrenness of, of his wife. And th- there was no hope. There was no hope of him ever having a child. But then God came to him and told him this. And then his hope, his hope against hope. What is it? What is hope? It is the expectation of what is sure. Again, it's that... The word usage today versus what it used to be. And when people talk about hope nowadays, it is completely wrecked. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah, I hope for a new car, or yeah, I hope to get good grades, or yeah, I hope that I will get this or that. No, that is not what hope is. Hope is is an assurance. Our hope in Christ, our hope in eternal life, that is, we hope— that it is, it is going to come true. It is. It's it's assured. And and Abraham here, when he says hope against hope, he is trusting in God's promise, trusting in what God is saying will happen, despite his fears, despite the the human limitations that we have. So despite his age and and, and his wife's barrenness, mm-hmm. he is hoping, even though everything that he sees in front of him says you shouldn't hope. There is no hope. And so it, it's very important for us to take away from that. Things can look bleak. Things in Canada probably look bleak to, to those who are experiencing that. Things here in the States, when you look at the way our culture is decaying through this through this critical race theory, through this uh, push for transgenderism and push for, for the sexualization of our children, things can look hopeless. Everything we see in front of us says there's no hope for this country. There's no hope for this world. There's no hope for us. But we know there is, and and we need to take away from Abraham, still have hope in God that he will do what he says and that ultimately it turns out in our favor. It works out in our favor. Well, and that's a lie. That's a lie from Satan, that there is no hope. Right. 
And that that was from the beginning all the way to now. And he will never quit spreading that lie. Right. Because, I mean, let's be, things do look bleak. They do. They, they really do. Very bleak. But, but, and he's, and it's almost like he's taking his hopelessness and trying to turn it on us. There is no hope for him. Right. He knows exactly where he's going and what will happen to him. And so he's trying to spread that out for everyone else. And and there and again when it comes to Satan there are partial truths because if you follow him there is no hope. When you get to hell, that's it. That's it. That's it. There is no hope for you then. But until then there is hope. There is hope in Christ. And it's verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Okay. Verse 21, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. It is so cool because, and to, to be able to look at it that way, we, we are righteous. We are made righteous through our faith in God. Our belief. We believe in him who raised Christ from the dead. We believe the truths that he speaks throughout scripture. And we have to. We have to. It, it is a great way for Paul. To, well, I mean, I say a great way for Paul to end this chapter. He didn't actually end this chapter. He continues the thought in the next, the next sentence in, verse, in chapter 5. But it's a great way to leave it for today where Paul isn't writing this just for Abraham's sake. What counted to him as righteousness was not just for Abraham. It was for us as well. It's to show us that our faith in him is what is going to justify us. Our faith in his work on the cross is what's going to justify us. Not, again, we keep saying this over and over again, not anything we can do, not any, not any law we can keep. And, and it's just, again, a great reminder that it is solus Christus. It is Christ alone. It is sola fide. It is faith alone. So, yeah, a, cu- a couple extra verses just kind of to finish this out. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 14 through 17. How to walk in righteousness. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppression, who shakes his hands lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking on evil. He will dwell on the heights. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will behold the king in his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. And again, Isaiah chapter 32, verse 1 through 8, and then 16 through 18. The effect and the result of righteousness. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule in justice. Each will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be closed, and the ears of those who hear will will give attention. 
The heart of the hasty will understand and know, and the tongue of the stammerers will hasten to speak distinctly. The fool will no more be called noble, nor the scoundrel said to be honorable. For the fool speaks folly, and his heart is busy with iniquity, to practice the ungodliness, to utter error concerning the Lord, to leave the craving of the hungry unsatisfied, and to deprave the thirsty of drink. As for the scoundrel, his devices are evil. He plans wicked schemes to ruin the poor with lying words, even when the plea of the needy is right. But he who is noble plans noble things, and on noble things he stands. Verse 16 through 18. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. So again, that's that's how to walk in righteousness and the effect and result of righteousness. So guys, I hope that Romans 4 was again an encouragement. It was again something that you can hope in and know that no matter how bleak things look, no matter how much we don't deserve it, we still we still win in the end and and we still are looked at as righteous by God because of Christ's blood and because of his work on the cross. So next week, we're going to just take a brief little pause from Romans. We'll pick back up in a week or two. Um, we just we have a couple topics we want to get to, and, and Romans is such a thick and rich verse, we want to make sure we give it the proper attention that it deserves. And, and so we're going to just take a little break. <laughs> yeah, and even if so, we're doing one chapter a week, we're, we're going to be in Romans for a little bit. Exactly. Several so, weeks. Yeah, so we want to just you know, shake it up a little bit every now and then and, and hit a couple different things and keep you guys awake, keep you guys awake. And uh, <laughs> we know that our next topic for Thursday is going to span a few weeks. And so we, again, want to just kind of kind of break things up and, and explore different topics and different ideas and different different theological topics and discussions. And so we're gonna have some fun next week, I think we'll, we'll talk about that uh, probably Thursday. But until we meet again, guys, uh, Continue to pray for those brothers and sisters in Canada. Pray for our country. Obviously, this comes out after the 4th of July, but just take some time and reflect on the country that we live in and what it took to get us here Yes, and what it's going to take to preserve it. So just be thinking about that. Be praying for our country, those in Canada, those in other countries, because the attacks are becoming more and more evident, more and more frequent, more and more real. As the end of the book comes to fruition, yeah, the persecution will become intense. And, and uh, we need to be prepared. I will say, I, I can't remember when it came in. We did get a prayer request uh, for one of our listeners' uh, dads who's just yes. kind of dealing with some heart issues. So we did see that. We yes. are praying for him. Um, we actually, we know him. It's not one of our listeners that we don't know, but we do know who this person is, and we are praying for him. And we're praying for you guys as well. Uh, if you need anything you want us to pray for, you can send it to us, private messages, emails, uh, it's on our web. You can email us on our website. That it, that way, it does stay private and anonymous, and we just will pray for it. This is individuals and as a group uh, when we come together each week. And, yeah. Um, so we we do want this to be not just informative, but also helpful, and and uh, you know we want to put some action to what we're doing here. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Until we meet again, stay rooted and live long and prosper. 
And no. if you're in the United States of America, happy Independence happy Day. Happy Independence Day. And if you're uh, in Great Britain, we're sorry. No, we're not. No, we're not. stay rooted guys stay rooted guys thank you for listening to our show if you enjoyed what you heard like subscribe and leave a five star review you can find us on Apple Google or wherever else you listen to podcasts also connect with us on Facebook Instagram at Rooted in Logos Pod or even on our website www.rootedinlogospod.com and if you want to support us financially visit us at patreon.com slash rooted in Logos Pod